then Bach. Do you trust this coaching staff, led by Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield, the head coach and the OC quarterbacks coach, to pick the right player for Nebraska out of the transfer portal at quarterback? Well, they're all for one, so they are. Know, that's small that's, sample size, but right. big, big decision. Yeah, and it's important. I mean, I, I've said this before too. When you get, it, we'd love for him to make it eight years because that means it's a successful long-term deal. Um, but Scott Frost had two guys start at quarterback, or, or at least on purpose, you know, without injuries playing into it. Uh, Mike Riley, what had two guys? I mean, these mm-hmm. the, the quarterback you choose can make or break kind of your tenure in. The last couple, if they don't get going, it's going to break it pretty quickly. Um, so they need they need to very much heavily evaluate what they are doing moving forward, what their personnel is, and what their goal is ultimately on offense because that's going to be part of the discussion is we talk about all this option. We had Tom Osborne sit in this seat, I believe, and, and say that he uh, thinks that option offense could work again in college football just because nobody else is, is using it. If you want to go that route, you know, that's a different type of quarterback that you're going to go after, and Heinrich Harburg uh, would would be somewhat suitable for that. He'd have to work on it quite a bit because we talk about the option and where they – that's not – that wasn't their goal entering the season. It was supposed to be a play you throw in here and there, mm-hmm. and it's kind of developed into something that's like, hey, maybe that's their best option at this point. Um, and so they'll have to evaluate that as well. Um but I, I do think, like, the, the Casey Thompson, I mean, it was very popular the first couple of games to say, well, Casey Thompson would have won those games. Um, Casey Thompson, of course, got injured in, mm-hmm. in his day, I think, at this point. You have to say probably injury-prone to a degree. Behind this offensive line, I don't, I, I think he'd probably take as many hits as he did last year. Um, so I don't know if he would have been healthy throughout this whole thing. And I was, it, would, it would just be such a completely different offense and goal of what you're doing because you're not going to have him take the hits uh, that Harburg and Jeff Sims were taking at times, and the amount of runs that they were they, that they were getting. So, um, I guess for those that would just say, "Hey, I just want to go get a passing quarterback um, that that can quickly fix out what things are going on here," is I don't think that's the the rule. I don't think that that's rules vision, um, and so I don't think that that's the route that, that he will go. I think it would be another dual threat type of big type of running quarterback, which you, you might not like. But again, to me, I like it because that's how Nebraska's won in the past. Um, but they just, it, again, it wouldn't even be a quick fix. Even if you do that, you're going to need a lot around it. And a lot of these got young guys to get better uh, to truly develop any sort of threat on offense. Nebraska somehow is first in the Big Ten in rushing the football, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, which is pretty, pretty darn impressive considering the limitations they have in all those positions that, that factor into that. It might not be Matt Rule's choice to go get a prototypical pocket passer type, but is it Marcus Satterfield's? Do they see eye to eye on this? Mm. Would love to be a part of those conversations and know what they're saying because I, I'm all for an athletic quarterback that can do some things on the move, but I also think that what football at all levels has proven is most effective is a guy that is consistent from the pocket, and then if he has to, can make plays with his legs as a secondary threat. I know Nebraska's history with mobile quarterbacks and the offenses that that they've run. I'm not saying there's not a a way for that to work. I just I see I see more evidence for a, a passer processor. I think processor, right? It doesn't even matter if they're either a passer first or a runner first. Can they think the game at the high level? Can they be a step ahead of defenses? You brought that up with with Harburg maybe being a little bit behind there. It didn't seem like Sims was processing all that much faster. And again, this is a guy that got into Georgia Tech, right? You would think that there's the smarts there, but Nebraska just needs to find a guy with that it factor at quarterback again. Just just has it, the, the moxie, the the presence, whatever it is, however you want to define it, no matter what it looks like in, in right. terms of the offense. 
I think we have a first on the text line. Transfer quarterbacks are flawed. I'd rather have Danny Dimes compete for the job. Mm. <laughs> I had to follow well. up with uh, Laverne in Hawaii. Uh, Laverne, are you listening on the app as well? I, I hope that's where you're listening. Or you, if you're on the stream, let us know if you're on the stream. I believe that's the first reference of Daniel Kalen as Danny Dimes. <laughs> I love it. Let's pump the brakes, though. Yeah. That, that's where I'm at. Well, you never want your uh, your hope to be the true freshman who's right now in high school. Um, so. Whose offense struggled a little bit more with injuries like this Husker offense. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, and to your point too, like when I say I want a running quarterback, I, I don't mean an athlete playing quarterback. I, I mean a, a quarterback. So, I mean, and those guys are hard to find, but that's why people love Joe Gans so much is mm-hmm. because he had the mobility. He wasn't necessarily like, going to burn you as, as a runner, but he, he had the ability to run, but he was also like a really good stand in the pocket or, or get on the move and, 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 and sling the ball around and reading mm-hmm. defenses. And, you know, he was a junior going into his senior year before he got playing time. So sometimes not always the young guy, but I think clearly where they are with these quarterbacks and it's not, you know, for, for Harburg, it's, it's, it, it's developmental right now. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm, too critical because it's hard to be a quarterback at this level. Like it's hard to be like that, (laughs) that good of a player. Um, But Jeff Sims, I just don't think had it. Like you're saying, I don't, Mm -hmm. I just don't think he's necessarily, he's got what it takes to be a quarterback. I mean, he just doesn't process things to to me in that way. And then again, a limited view from what I've watched from him as a Husker and Harburg is obviously just very developmental, not seeing safeties um, and, and missing wide open guys. I mean, so uh, it, it's it's the, the the ideal thing is to get a like you said whatever whatever the strength is, um, but at least get a guy that can kind of process, uh, understand you know down a distance you know time you know mm-hmm. all that stuff that factors into it. Game manager you can call it, um, but I, I I do think again, you know I I think this program has tried these last you know with Scott Frost and Mike Riley to get the quarterback wide receiver thing going. They've tried for twenty years to get an NFL quarterback in here. And what they've gotten is Tanner Lee drafted in the sixth round. Um, I think that in this part of the country, what Nebraska has done historically, they're better off with what Matt Rule is doing, which is developing a, a run-stopping, run-game-oriented football team and b- branching out from there and then adding the athletes. Um, but start with the toughness in, in the program. And I think they're still on pace for, you know, for year one. Um, still to get to a bowl game. I know people started to get kind of excited and want eight wins, nine wins this year. But I still think they're pretty good on a pretty good pace, if we think about it, um, to maybe get to a bowl game, to have a successful year one uh, for Matt Rule and set the foundation despite having so many injuries on offense. So um, if you would have told me four weeks ago they'd go three and one in the stretch, I would I would be ecstatic about it. Now that they won the first three and lost the last one, mm-hmm. at least kind of a bitter taste in your mouth. But they're still, uh, I feel like, ahead of schedule and doing well for the roster that they inherited. Laverne and uh, Sandman, thanks for texting in. If you have thoughts, let us know, 402-464-5685. I want to take a step back, still talk a little bit about the quarterback position, but more big picture. We didn't get to quarterback wins. Why I think it's dumb, especially with this Nebraska team and how I think Matt Rule is building Nebraska, why it's a stat, but it can't be the stat. We'll get to that as we continue 93.7, the tickets postgame coverage of Nebraska's uh, 2017 loss to Michigan State. Austin Norman, Jake Bakoven with you for a little longer here on The Ticket. Jake Foreman, Post Game Show. 
Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinnie Kreekak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. One more hour of post-game coverage here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I'm Austin Norman, joined by Jake Bakoven. We got Ben over there on the board. And we're joined by you. Appreciate you listening or watching wherever it is in the world that you are. A somber downtown Lincoln after a 20-17 to loss for the Huskers on the road in East Lansing. If you have any thoughts on the game, you can let us know at 402-464-5685. Or if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, drop a comment. We'll see it and we'll get to it. Um, back to the text line we go here. I said a few minutes ago, Bach, that quarterback wins are overrated. Not not a real stat, and I don't like them. That, that was without context, so here's my chance to explain myself. Quarterbacks are difference makers, positive or negative. Y- you should feel the impact of a quarterback on a game, but by that same token, Heinrich Harburg isn't a good or elite quarterback just because Nebraska was 5-1 and one with him entering today, 5-2. and two. Winning the games doesn't necessarily make you a good quarterback, right? I'm willing to buy into and believe that there are certain lineups and certain combinations of guys that work better together, that it unlocks something. Uh, you find that it factor, just that connection, whatever, the chemistry is good, it works, they're on the same page. I'm willing to believe that's out there. But especially in football you can't say the quarterback is responsible for winning the game on his own. Sure, it seems like there there are games where it seems more plausible than others. You look at, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts from time to time, Joe Burrow, Caleb Williams at the college ranks, even the Oklahoma guys, you know, all these teams that haven't always had great defenses where there's a lot of responsibility on the quarterback to make sure offenses put points on the board. But in all of those big games... It's usually the defense that has that one key takeaway. It makes the one stop at the end or did just enough to give the quarterback that one chance. Teams win and lose games. Quarterbacks have a large impact on that. They absolutely do. But if quarterback wins are something I'm going to decry and say aren't a real stat and that I don't like them, it goes the other way. Quarterback losses, right? I'm not going to say Nebraska won the five games it did because of Heinrich Harburg. Was he fine in those games? Yes. Was he adequate? Yes. There are plenty of games in that stretch though where Nebraska overcame Heinrich Harburg, where he was bad and then had to bounce back, made more plays late than he did early. If I'm not going to give Heinrich Harburg credit and say he's the reason Nebraska won those five games, I'm not going to pin this loss completely on him. Even though the defense allowed fewer than 300 yards, you didn't get a takeaway. You didn't bother a freshman quarterback, basically at all. Wide receivers dropped passes. Guys, I don't think we're always put in the best positions to succeed. So, yes, Nebraska is 5-2 with Heinrich Harburg as the starting quarterback. It's a testament to him, grinding it out, grinding through it. But it's not just because of Heinrich Harburg Nebraska's here. He's not having a, you know, Heisberg campaign. <laughs> no. It's, it's, not, it's not a thing, right? I know it's funny to joke about, but Heinrich Harburg isn't the reason that Nebraska— is 5-2 and two in its last seven games. But Heinrich Harburg also isn't the sole reason Nebraska lost today. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, conversation to have because there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I mean, I, I do think there are like equalizers there are, or guys that can um, 
you know, provide that spark. Robert Griffin, you know, where were sure. those Baylor teams with me, uh, him, Lamar Jackson? I mean, those are extreme examples. But um, at like like you just said, then do we do we give them like the losses despite the fact that like each one of those those guys won Heisman's with like three losses? Mm-hmm. Did they lose those games because of them too? Uh, you know, because you can't just go one way with that. And in, in all likelihood, probably not. I mean, those, those those guys were probably the reason why they were in the games. So it, it could be difficult to 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 look at. I mean, even look at like Nebraska. Oh, the start of the Bo Pelini era, where one year you had um, uh, uh, Joe Gans, and then you mm-hmm. had uh, Zach Lee, and then you had uh, Taylor Martinez, and wide variety, as we know, of production and results from those guys offensively uh, in different ways. All nine to ten wins, you know, mm-hmm. regardless. Um, so it it, it it can it can be hard, and and then you, to to this ex- example, it's kind of interesting to think: Would Nebraska be five and two if Jeff Sims started those games? And I'm not sure. I you know, it's it's tough to say. So I mean, I think there is a little bit to it, but it's just like what like we always say with quarterbacks: is they get too much credit for the wins and too much blame for the losses. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, well, I would not. Well, I wouldn't go completely against the, you know, your your thing that the, you know, that's overvalued. It, it definitely is overvalued. I wouldn't say completely that's not a thing, but it's hard to put a, it's hard to put a data point on it because it's just so different and circumstantial in every individual situation. It's a unique position. It's different judging the quarterback position than any other position in sports. You, you can judge a right fielder and a left fielder. You can judge a you know, third baseman and a second baseman more comparably than you can a quarterback to any other position in football. There's so much on the quarterback's plate, but the reason we can have discussions like this is because for as difficult as it is to play quarterback with as much of a spotlight as there is on you at Nebraska, regardless of position, but we're talking about quarterbacks. I think that's, that's the example here. It can't possibly be as hard as Nebraska makes it look sometimes, regardless of positions. Like, we have a text on the text line from 1136. How hard is it to hit an open receiver, and how hard is it to catch a ball? Difficult. I mean, those dudes are flying around out there. Not necessarily the easiest thing any of us would do in our lives, but Nebraska's offense, and plenty of other Big Ten West offenses, so let's not just put this on Nebraska, have made moving the football down the field look impossible at times. Yeah, and I mean, I'll give him credit. At least, you know, we've seen Nebraska's defense uh, hold teams. And I even watched this last week in the Rose Bowl and I was there for the Colorado-UCLA game where it's like they stop attacking vertically, like they give up. And so they're they're still mm-hmm. just passing, but they're passing east to west uh, and hopefully that they can start going north and south there. Nebraska hasn't, uh, you know, they're at least taking shots at times downfield. But, I mean, this is, a, you know, borderline disaster passing offense. I mean, and that's why I think it, you know, you look at the rankings coming in the game where you just watch any of the games, you know, they're they're basically, they're, most of their passing success comes off of play action or the belief mm-hmm. that they're going to run there. So, you know, I that's why, again, I don't know if I want, uh, unless the game's just in hand and you're, you're trying things out, uh, Nebraska to be thrown 25 times a game. Um, you know, I, I think they're, it, as odd as it sounds and as, as hard as it is to game plan for like a 17, 18 passes a game, because that's just not a whole lot. Um, you know, I think that's probably more their comfortable margin. That's probably where they, they'd want to be. But again, you get down 20 to 10, you kind of don't have a choice. You got to start slinging the ball around. So um, it's, it, it, it is, it is going to be uh, difficult for Nebraska to get going. Um, you know, at this point in the season, they kind of are what they are. And you're going up against some pretty good defenses, at least coming up here. 
So you just, you know, this is, this is again, more of the same. It's just you, you came out the wrong side of a 20 to 17 game and you hope to come out the, on the winning side of a 20 to 17 game in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it might be frust like more frustrating. You see a, a few missed open guys. Um, but again, like that Alex Bullock, the miss to him that would ended up being an interception instead of a touchdown that could have swung the game. You know, that could have been the swing play of the whole entire game and would have changed the whole entire outlook of it. So, you know, it is important to get those, those things going, but man, they're just limited in personnel. Maybe those, these freshman wide receivers can kind of develop a little bit more and give them more opportunities. Um, but again, you just kind of go back to, they're just so limited uh, in, in what they can do that grinding out 20 points, 24 points, you know, that's, that's considered a major success. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's just, uh, there's not a lot of room for error and they, they have a lot of errors. (laughs) They sure do. I'll say this on the, the Bullock interception. The sin to me is that it was a, a predetermined throw basically to that spot and there wasn't the read, but I also, I'm uncomfortable saying it's a for sure touchdown given how that safety was camped underneath it. I think the safety at least has a chance to make a play on that ball, even if it is thrown more of the sideline. Um, yes, if the safety's just sitting in the middle of the field and letting Alex Bullock be there on his own, it's a touchdown. But I still think the safety has enough range to get over there and at least make a play on the ball. So I, I'm not sure that was a walk-in touchdown, but the, the point stands is that Nebraska gave that possession away. You, you, you threw another interception. You should have thrown a third interception, mm-hmm. negated by penalty, and then you fumble. So Nebraska left maybe a handful of opportunities out there just with turnovers or near turnovers alone, let alone the three and outs, which let's talk about that. Brian Buscini did not have a banner day. No. With no wind, couple punts fewer than 40 yards with chances to flip the field and set the defense up for more success. He did not have his best day. And as much as the offense struggled, we expected that. We expect it to be that slog, that grind to 20, 24 points. Given that that's the case, it's that much more important for Brian Buscini to be on. And he absolutely wasn't for some reason today. And he's had a few games like that. And that's, you know, that's going to be kind of difficult for him if he wants to get to the next level. You've got to be consistent. Um, But again, it's one of those things of, you know, kind of like what you asked of the defense is um, they can be stellar and Buscini can be stellar, um, but it is about consistency. And are they ready to take that next step? Um, to to be one of the best in the country because at their best they are they are there, you know they they can they can go right up against them and Bushini as well. But um, you know that that's where it becomes difficult. And he's had he's again he's just had a few games like that. Really shanked one of his punches, uh, which hurts the numbers uh, quite a bit. But it's it, it it's just it's like again to me it's just like at some point all this is going to catch up to you if you're so mm-hmm. reliant on Bushini like Iowa does the same thing with Tory Taylor and Tory Taylor is consistent like he is Built a different. great great punter going to be mm-hmm. at the next level without a doubt um so you know maybe that's part of their plan which is crazy to get defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns and, and have their punter be fantastic and they always find the next good kicker um you know it's crazy that it continues to work up there in Iowa City um but but I don't think Nebraska's really at a point with anybody on their team to say, you know, this is what we have and it's going to be this good game in and game out without even worrying about it. Um, so, yeah, it did kind of catch up to him. Now, I'm, I am interested in, in kind of something I said earlier because you told me during the break you didn't know if you believe that's to be the case. Do you think this is the worst loss of the Matt Rule era? Um, they each kind of sting a little bit differently. 
but I think you have a pretty good argument for this case, considering what was on the line. Um, Nebraska looking like they'll, they would be right up top, definitely probably favorites in the Big Ten West if they would have won this game. The fact Michigan State is, uh, hasn't beaten a Power 5 opponent entering this game, six-game losing streak. It's a close game. Um, so, you know, maybe you could argue the Michigan game, uh, which was not a close game, would be the worst loss. But to me, this is the one that I, I, I again, and it's maybe it's partially me, but this is the one that I thought, okay, you're going to win this one. The way I'm going to answer this question is just by looking at these games and what are the, the reasons that Nebraska could have lost? Nebraska lost at Minnesota, you know, first game of a new coaching staff, breaking in a new quarterback. You're on the road against a conference opponent that, yeah, I get they have a new quarterback too, but they're still more established than you are. Forgivable, disappointing because it was more of the same, that the loss happened the same way so many Nebraska losses recently have happened. Um, Colorado, the turnovers, right? We, we we understand what happened there, how that was a close game till there's a couple minutes left in the second quarter. Then boom, Colorado's, you know, off like a flash of light. That one that one hurts because it was a, you know, rivalry throwback. It was mm-hmm. on the road. It was the the narrative battle between the first year coaches against a team that had a great win in week one, but has really fallen back to earth now. So I think the as out of hand as that got is more unfortunate in retrospect. Michigan, it's Michigan, right? I mean, they're the number two team in the country for a reason. They're more talented than you, but you didn't even pretend to fight. They're, everyone said it just it felt dead. It felt different, yeah. like they didn't come to play. That, that was from the coaches' mouths. So that's disappointing, but you're talking me into Michigan State just because of all those situations, right? They've lost six in a row. With that turmoil, haven't settled on a quarterback yet. They're banged up, down 10 guys. And because of everything on the line for Interim Nebraska. Coach. Interim coach. Yeah. That's not to say that Nebraska's season is sunk, right? This is where yeah. I think Husker Nation has to pause and take a deep breath, which is why I think we let off with, this is more of the same of what we've seen. This, this game doesn't necessarily move the needle one way or another all that much for this team. But, but given those factors, given what it feels like even from a distance... Yeah, I would say it, it, from the outside, if I'm judging this purely as a fan, this is a letdown. I would love to know the response in the locker room and how that group of guys took to rules comments about managing expectations and how they they can't look big picture. It's going 1-0 every week. There's a human nature element to it, too, where I'm sure these guys know the same information we do about Michigan State with how many games in a row they've lost and the interim coach and not settling on a quarterback. I don't want to say that they let that information get to them, but stuff like that is for guys like you and me to talk about. It's not for the team to talk about. So it almost feels like they, they bought into it. Maybe that's just, you know, judging it in retrospect. Maybe they, they did do their best and their best just wasn't enough today. They were just all off as a team, but it was a, a bad Saturday to be off in all those ways. Yeah, and it's it was kind of just like even as a fan, and maybe it was in that locker room because they have gotten away with it and, and played similarly, given up turnovers and such, got to about seventeen points in a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you're just kind of waiting for the big play to be made by somebody and 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 kind of change the game because it's it's just happened. It's just been been there for them, um, and it just didn't really happen today. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think it like you said, it's just kind of human nature. Um, did they bring their best? play their best game here 
probably not, but I don't think they played too much worse than their <laughs> than their best game. Um, so uh, you know, it, it 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 is tough to judge. All those all these losses hurt uh, individually, but like you said. I, and like I was saying earlier, I still think they're ahead of schedule. I still think they're they're doing pretty. And to be five and four with the kind of the mess that they have uh, with with personnel and, and injuries on offense and limitations there, um, I think that's still impressive. We'll have to wait and see kind of how these Minnesota and Iowa games range out, but they're somehow mm-hmm. right in the thick of things <laughs> still for the Big Ten West. Um, so all that considered, um, like after watching this game, to your point, I, I don't think outside of like a big blowout victory or Nebraska scores 60 points or something like that. I don't think that this, this, the way that they played and how it looked is going to change how I feel about Maryland, how I feel about beating Wisconsin, how I feel about beating Wisconsin or Iowa. Obviously you'd have, you'd have momentum, which makes you feel a little bit better. And you have people start talking about controlling your own destiny and, uh, you know, winning out and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we knew this was going to be a grind. Every win is going to be a grind and it continues to be the case, which I thought it would be. Um, and, and to my dismay, I wish it wasn't the case. What I said, which Mm -hmm. is it's going to be, a you know, you're going to have to fight and scratch and crawl to get to six wins. And, And I think that's kind of where this, this team is whether whether we want to go to roster management and whether he inherited it or not, or whether he made it that way by getting some rid of some of the players. Um, that's just kind of what what is in place at Nebraska, and so um, you know they're going to have some time. They're going to look over this film, but they still have a, 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 an opportunity. Basically, they can go one and three down, you know, one and three down the stretch with this game that included. Mm-hmm. And still in a successful regular season by getting to a bowl game, so just lots of opportunities still out there, and I think a, a successful season still on the way with just one more win. Let's talk about that to wrap up post game. You can't change the result. The response is still completely in Nebraska's hands. What does the response need to look like? What do you need to hear and see this weekend in the next couple to say that Nebraska learned from Michigan State and made the most of it? That's how we'll wrap up post game. Let us know your thoughts on the text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. What do you need to see from Nebraska against Maryland as a response? What do you want to hear from the coaches and players to let them know that the lessons from Michigan State have sunk in? Let us know. We'll be back. We'll discuss it to wrap up postgame next. Jay Foreman postgame show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinny Kreekak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. If you're still hanging with us on post-game coverage, we appreciate it. You are diehards doing the best we can to uh, give you some fresh angles on Nebraska's 20-17 loss to Michigan State. Also, Norman Jake Bakoven with you for another, oh, 20-25 minutes or so here on 93.7 The Ticket. Thanks to everyone watching on stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And if you're here in Lincoln, either you're watching college football or hopefully you're an Allo subscriber, Allo customer, and you have channel 951, you've got us pulled up there. All right, Bach, we're going to talk the response. If this is the most disappointing loss of the Matt Rule era, that's a great opportunity to bounce back. It absolutely is. The response after Minnesota was more of the same. For the biggest difference coming between week one and week two for teams, didn't really see that. The response from Colorado to Northern Illinois, better. Not a good Northern Illinois team Mm -hmm. at all, but Nebraska took care of business, did what it was supposed to do. The response to Michigan, I was impressed with. Not a clean game, not a, a pretty game, not one that you're going to you know, hang on the refrigerator if you can hang something digital. <laughs> but the way Nebraska responded on a short week to go on the road 
against a, a tough Illinois team. Again, not not the best Illinois team, not a bunch of world beaters, but to be challenged by Matt Rule to have that full pads Sunday practice and to, to go on the road and get a win heading, heading into a bye week, that was an impressive response. I thought that was Nebraska turned a corner mentally. We wouldn't have another Michigan letdown. I understand what it takes. It feels like we had a letdown here against uh, the Spartans up, up at Michigan State. Now, that being said, the result can't be changed, but you still have full control over the response. If this team responds against Maryland like it did against Illinois, maybe it's a win, maybe it's not, but I think Husker fans have a much better chance of, of going home happy after a home game next week. The mental fortitude of this team is going to be tested again. The injuries are a lot. The, the, the outside conversations are a lot. But this team has a chance to, to quiet it and to change the narrative in these last three weeks. It's all in their court. Yeah, and, and I think there's a, there's obviously the opportunity to, to do this. And maybe, again, I think it kind of brings them back to earth a little bit. Um, I don't know if it, they weren't um, as prepared for Michigan State as they should be, but as we've talked about, it's kind of human nature to understand, okay, we... We we've probably been hearing all week or understand that they're favored. They should win this game. They're on. They're a program that was heading upward. Michigan State was heading downward. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're kind of you know brought back to earth, and I I think it's kind of interesting because Matt Rule, um, you know, could it would play the result play with the result as well. You know, saying we've gone from close losses to to blowout wins, and and you know it'd be nice if things were just so set like that and it wasn't up and down. And um, but that's just not the nature of. of of football, of sports, of life in general, you're going to have, you know, your, your ups and downs. And um, so Nebraska uh, has another down. Now it would be nice to be able to say, well, Maryland's reeling. They've lost four in a row, which they will do do soon once this Penn state games wraps up, but Michigan state just lost six in a row. So, uh, you know, you don't necessarily feel great there. Um, then Maryland, you know, going to be um, at least coming into Nebraska, maybe a home game, kind of the energy there. You can kind of mm-hmm. use that to get going, but yeah, definitely throughout the week, um, you, you just want to hear um, that they that they understand where they are and they've got a long ways to go and 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 you know kind of have that rejuvenated energy maybe in practice again to to realize because I, I think it's hard not to I mean Matt Rule is talking about you know we don't talk about the Big Ten West we don't talk about bowl games and stuff like that but it's hard not to start to look ahead and say hey hey here's what could be um, but. Um, so I mean I, I I think that they I feel good about the bounce back I feel good about them being able to to get a win here in these final games do I am I absolutely sure it's going to be Maryland uh, not necessarily but I think they're going to have some some ugly ugly games which can turn into some ugly wins uh, and obviously I don't know if they're going to win three in a row to in this in this season but uh, again to me bowl eligibility would be great I think they've got um, you know based on what we've seen so far some bounce back ability and so it'll be tested once again. Do you need to see another Sunday practice? <sighs> no, <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, I think, I, and and maybe again, maybe that's more of the reason why maybe the Michigan game was worse than than this one. Um, but I don't think that they're they're that the effort that they put out there is it was like so bad or like that 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 it was evident that they did not respect Michigan State going into this game or something like that. I don't think they necessarily need to do that. Now, would I be against it either? I, I would understand like it worked once. Let's let's see if we can get it going again and really try to rejuvenate this team going into this week. But I don't think it's necessarily needed. Um and I I don't know if you want to I don't know if you want to do it too often. Otherwise it's gonna ruin it it's kind of uh, the, the the importance of doing it, the impact of doing it. 
the other question I have when it comes to the response, right? You mentioned Matt Rule says we don't talk about the Big Ten West. We don't talk about a bowl game. What is that balance? Because you can't just get so bogged down in the day-to-day minutiae that you forget why you play football, what's still out there in front of you. I think some guys are motivated by the small picture of getting that 1% better every day. But I think some guys are motivated by, hey, why am I playing football? You know, what, what, what's, what else is there, you know, in life for me to do? What, what can football bring me? Not in a selfish way, but in a, hey, you know, we're, we're playing a kid's game out here. You know, it, it's fun. The fun aspect of it, not just the, the, the gritty, the, the brutal, the, the tough work part of it. Because clearly Nebraska needs to go back to work on the basics and ball handling and progressions and blocking and tackling, which was okay, but you can always do better there and, and, and getting the ball out and adding another pass rush move. I think you can get so caught up in the grind and in the striving to get better that you forget that there is sometimes that, that light at the end of the tunnel, that prize that you can grab at the end, but you can't be so focused on something that may or may not happen in a month and a half that you don't put the work in. What's your, your take on like that, that balance for this team right now? Yeah, it's certainly a balance. And I think Matt rule, it does a good job of that. I mean, we've seen his pregame speeches that get you kind of serious and stuff, but you know, I think he has enough fun with the, the team too. And the team seems to be responding to his coaching. Um, so, you know, as far as ta- the big 10 West stuff, like I didn't even want to talk about it because I didn't think that this team deserved it. Now they, mm-hmm. because the division was so bad, they were tied atop of it and you couldn't, you almost couldn't, it's like an elephant in the room. If you don't mention it is that mm-hmm. it's, it's right there. I think it's probably healthier for this, this program not to necessarily think about that because I think that would be, um, while it'd be great and it, it, it should be your goal. Um, it's just, it, it, I think it's just, it, it's like too, too, it's too soon, you know, because mm-hmm. the team just, it to me isn't there, but again, they were there in the standing. So you had to do it, but a bowl game, I think is definitely is would, it, there is no other way of saying it. I mean, we talk about outside noise and, and listen to this and that. The, 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 the way to measure this season was if Nebraska was going to get to a bowl game. It has to mm-hmm. be, and it will be, until Nebraska gets to a bowl game because it's just been such that long of a streak. Um, and that's what's interesting to me about today's game. is It goes from, okay, Nebraska's going to get this win against Michigan State, be bowl eligible, and then everything else is icing on the top. We'll see what they can do. Maybe they can you know, breathe a little bit easier. It's going to be, it's, you, you don't breathe a little bit easier now. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, we'll have to see what the, the spreads are, but if you are favored in any of these games, it's going to be by a few points. These are all, you know, going to be tough games to get a win in, uh, and especially if you continue to turn the ball over three or four times a game. Um, so I'm kind of interested because the outlook for that and, and just overall, the, the, the narrative has shifted a little bit because of this loss to, hey, let's dream big and see if you can get to seven, eight wins and win the Big Ten West to, okay, you're back to fighting and scratching and crawling just to get mm-hmm. bowl eligible. And so I think that that's where uh, I would think that their attention probably should can, can kind of focus is, yes, if we get one more win, uh, it would be it would be huge. So let's, I mean, let's get, or work our way toward that and, 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 and do everything we can to get bowl eligible um, and then if you happen to get a win against Maryland and you're still in the Big Ten West picture, then after that, I think you start to look into, um, you know, what you need to do the final couple of weeks to be possibly, I hate to say Big Ten West champion, but that's how <laughs> it's phrased at times. The the, the uh, representative out of the West, will put it. It's a faint praise to say Big Ten West champion <laughs> most years. 
I think you have to address the reality of the possibility, but every time you bring it up, you have to qualify it with, but it's not going to happen unless we take care of X, Y, and Z. You, you can't ignore it. You can't pretend it doesn't exist, especially if it's on the guy's mind. If it's gonna if it's gonna weigh on them and they're gonna think about it and be distracted or so caught up in that, you have to address it. You have to say, hey, we know this is out there. These guys aren't dumb. They they know what's at stake. So I'm sure some of them are thinking about it. But if you're going to bring it up, you bring it up to say, that's down the road. Keep it in the mirror. Keep keep it keep it in the picture, but it's not in focus right now. Right now the focus is how do we beat Maryland's offensive tackles? How do we keep Maryland's wide receivers in front of us? How do we block Maryland's defensive line? How do we watch Illinois go ahead against Minnesota late here <laughs> to, to look at the Big Ten West? But Let's look at Northwest. Is Nebraska uh, No, Iowa hit a 52-yard okay. field goal with like 14 seconds to go. So, so Iowa 10 could, could be on top of the West here. Looking like it. Yeah. There's still time for Minnesota. I'm not there ready to go for yeah, stuff yet. Right. Yeah. So um, all that to say... Nebraska can't ignore the possibility of a bowl game, but if you're going to bring up bowl game, you have to mention just how much work is still involved. Like this is a an Illinois workload level week of response that's needed from Nebraska. Well, and I think too, I mean, when you talk about like winning the West, you don't want to like if you made that the focus of your program and then by the time, you know, Iowa comes around, you're not in the race. You, you might have a kind of a letdown there. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I think the, the bowl eligible thing, the only reason why you might want to bring it up or would consider it is because it's 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 right there with a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly will be brought up if they don't win the next two games and go in, in, into Iowa because then your season's on the line. Obviously, you want to play for the seniors and all that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that still is the kind of stuff on and you know in the background. Um, Nebraska, you know, could could breathe a sigh of relief with one more victory and maybe play a little bit more freely, um, but it, it might it, you know the, the, and they've got three more opportunities. That's plenty you know to get this work in. And we could talk about you know it's kind of a difficult part of the schedule, but it's not overly difficult. I mean we're not talking about ranked teams here, so mm-hmm. um, these are these are winnable games for Nebraska, uh, and they and maybe clean up a few things and, and, and can get a victory. But um, they're it, I, again with these teams, I don't envision. A blowout. I don't envision winning by 17 uh, in any of them. So they, and, they're going to. Last week was a fluky 17. Yes, against the worst team of the of the group that we're talking about right probably. now. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's you know it, it attention to detail is going to have to be there. Um, these maybe maybe get a little bit more creative trying to get play calling going, um, but ultimately they're they're probably just trying to run with what they with it with what they've got so far. And we'll see. I mean, it's it's it, it, it. All you can ask for is opportunity, and there's plenty of opportunity left on the schedule for Nebraska um, to get a bowl game and not be too far out of of the West Division standings. Um, but man, I was ready to leave. You know, breathe that sigh of relief. It, it, and that's what I felt so good about being five and three mm-hmm. with so many games left. It's like, man, we're not going to have to do this slow burn. Uh, wait till year three till he gets his players. Type of, like, if you could jumpstart this thing and get you know, seven or eight wins right out of the gate, then all of a sudden the expectations go up, the recruits are looking, you start getting some momentum as a program. Um, now that stuff's a little bit in jeopardy. Uh, and so, you know, these are big weeks coming up for Nebraska, not just the season, but as a program, 
if they can, you know, get that final victory, cross that line, and make it to a bowl game. As silly as that once was, you know, Nebraska made like 36 straight bowl games, whatever <laughs> it was at one time. Um, but uh, it, it's just been a long time, and those bowl practices matter. Um, like I said, just the kind of the momentum, regardless of what happens in that bowl game, um, it, it's it, it's huge. And and I, again, I think that they're doing well. I think they're on pace. I don't think they played a whole lot more poorly today than they do in some of their wins. So there can be a little bit of you know, that's a little bit of, of, of glimmer of hope there. And um, so I, I, I think that this can still be considered a, a, a great, you know, good season, great year one for Matt Rule, um, despite a few disappointing losses. If you have any final thoughts on anything, let us know. 402-464-5685. Uh, A.A. Ron agrees with you on the Sarder Haven text line. He says, it's like everyone is holding their breath until we get bowl eligible. After one more win, I feel like people can relax. And anything above that is icing on the cake for Matt Rule year one. From a fan perspective, yes. But I think that was a lot of Matt Rule's messaging to the players this week was, number one, you can't hold your breath. Breathe in, breathe out. You got to work. And you can't be looking forward, right? The 1-0, 1% better, one week at a time mantra. Because today against Michigan State, again, a 2017 loss for Nebraska, Maybe it's just the result, but it did feel like Nebraska took some stuff for granted. And you can't do that again moving forward. Talking about those opportunities that are on tap for Nebraska. Next week, opponent Maryland is currently down 41-15 to 15 to Penn State. Bach, care to guess how many rushing yards Maryland has against Penn State in this game? Mm, let's go with 32. How about your 82 yards high? Oh, am I? Okay. <laughs> 14 rush attempts for negative 50 yards. My goodness. For Maryland. Obviously, that factors in sacks. Roman well, I wonder Hemby, what the five... record is for like going that far negative. Roman Hemby, five carries for zero yards. Antoine Littleton, one carry for negative three. Talia Tagovailoa, eight for negative 47. <laughs> That's a tough day at the office. Now, he's 29 to 39 through the air for 286 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. All right, about, about as the standard game there. Uh, but Maryland also allowing just under five yards a carry. Katron Allen, 14 for 91. Drew Aller tearing it up. Four carries, 39 yards. Nick Singleton, eight for 20. Um, elsewhere for Nebraska's upcoming opponents, we mentioned that Iowa-Northwestern game. It did go final. 10 to 7, Iowa beats Northwestern. All the points scored in the second half. It's a 52-yard, uh, essentially a walk-off field goal for Iowa in a game played at Wrigley Field in Chicago. And then Indiana takes down Wisconsin in Bloomington. Uh, no Braylon Allen today. Braden Locke, 243 yards and two touchdowns for the Badgers. The narrative for me, Bach, is the same. Nebraska can win any of the three games remaining on its schedule. Nebraska can lose any of the three games remaining on its schedule. Yeah, and, and we said that coming in. And so maybe this shouldn't be such of a shock because it was the same thing with with today and, and many of these games going down the stretch. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's where that's where they're at. I think there are, you know, kind of some interesting things to look at this week. Uh, Marquise Buford got back into the game, was a captain mm-hmm. today. That's good to see there. You want to see kind of what that kind of looks like. Also, I've noticed the Anthony Grant, the, the calling for Anthony Grant has kind of died down. I think I think I think that's partially due to Emma Johnson and Joshua Fleeks uh, rising up to that level. I think they've looked like you know as good or or you know with as Anthony Grant has in the past. So I think that that's something you can hang your hat on a little bit too. Sure, we'll have more breakdown of this game uh, as we continue ticket weekends tomorrow and as we get into Monday and Tuesday. But stay tuned for some previews for Nebraska and Maryland moving forward next week. And that'll be a home game. Make sure you stop by next week, ten forty O Street. 
We'll have gear to hand out. We'll be here for pregame again, starting at 8 ahead of the Huskers and the Terps. For Bach and for Ben, I'm Austin. It's been a blast. Nebraska loses 2017 to Michigan State. We'll talk to you next time here on 93.7 The Ticket. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario?